You're listening to the JTD Coaches Me podcast with your host, Joanne Tierney Daniels. Tune in as Joanne chronicles her journey from imposter to empowerment. Joanne discusses real life with real people. You'll be captivated by her guests and their stories. Regardless of whether you leave laughing or crying, one thing is certain. Each episode will make you think about life from a different perspective. Listen in and join the journey as Joanne and her guests explore the best strategies to promote personal growth, find your authentic self, and live your best life. Hi, I'm Joanne Tierney Daniels, a weight loss mindset and life coach and the host of the JTD Coaches Me podcast. As you know, uh, my main focus for this season is inspirational people and the adversity that they over that they overcame in their lives. So today I am pleased to have uh, not only one of the most inspiring people I've ever known, but also one of my dearest friends, Erin Vandenberg. Erin, tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, and how... And, and what you want to talk about today. And then, I, well, let me ask you my signature question for my launch. Sure. I'm asking the signature question and then you, you can, you can tell us about yourself and then answer the question. So the question okay. is, what was a pivotal moment in your life that you didn't see coming that changed the trajectory of your life and then prompted some type of personal growth? So it's a loaded question. <laughs> it is many parts, but, um, I would have to say the most so far in my life, the most pivotal part has been the birth of my first son. And he was born very early. He was born eight weeks early emergency C-section and he was born under two pounds. So that I had to answer your question that has definitely changed my life the most so far. Great. But Great in many ways because it's such a happy ending, but you have to tell us, you know, a little bit more about his story. Yes. I, I know you have some props there. Oh, yeah. Tons of props. <laughs> so well, to, um, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I'd love, we'd love to see the props and we'd also <laughs> love to know a little bit more about you and your journey and what happened and what was yeah. the, and, and the personal growth that came out of it. What did you learn? Yeah. So, uh, like you said, my name is Erin. I um, am a working mom. I have two beautiful boys that are my life. I was fortunate enough to meet Joanne. She was my <laughs> boss. at. Uh, she hired me for one of my positions in the state. So, I've known her for a long time. And like she said, she's one of my good, good friends. Always there for good advice. And this is the perfect uh, career path for her. So, happy to see her doing it. Um, but again, my name's Erin. I have two young boys. I have, um, a son, Ryan, who is three, almost four, and he's the NICU baby that I mentioned. And then I have, uh, my youngest one who is my little spitfire, who's going to be two this summer. So certainly have my hands full, but I work full time. I am married to my wife, Becca, who's also a working mom. So we are busy with our kids and our dogs and our cat. Um, but yeah, so Ryan, I was pregnant. I got pregnant in 2017 and we were so excited to be first time moms. Um, you know, I was, I don't know if Joanne remembers this, but I was so crazy about being pregnant. Um, my nutrition, I ate like beyond perfect, um, drank a ton of water every day. I used to come into work with a big, huge gallon of water and make sure I stayed hydrated. Um, I exercise every day. So I was really in my mind having this 
absolutely perfect pregnancy. Um, but around the 30, I went for my 32 week checkup and, um, went for an ultrasound and the, I could just kind of sense something was off. The ultrasound tech was super quiet. Um, and just said like, you guys need to see the doctor immediately. So of course we were at the doctors. They said, go to the hospital immediately. Um, don't go home or anything. Just head right there. So I just, in my mind knew we were having this baby today. Um, even though it was eight weeks early, like something was really wrong. So when we got to the, uh, the hospital, you know, we were being monitored and, um, the baby's heart rate kept really falling. Um, and, um, he was doing something called deselling, and that's when their heart rate basically goes down to nothing and then comes back up. So they basically said to me, okay, you're going to be on bed rest for eight weeks in the hospital the rest of the time. And I'm like, okay, not the worst thing in the world, but certainly could be better. Um, then about 10 minutes later, they came back in and said, okay, um, you know, it's probably going to be, you're going to have this baby in a week. So I'm like, oh God, we don't have the nursery ready, you know, but again, not the worst thing ever. It was a Thursday, I think. And, um, they said, okay, change your plans. You're going to have the baby Saturday. So I'm like, oh, it's getting closer and closer as the minutes go by. And then finally, I'll never forget it. They were like, you're having this baby right now. So basically Becca threw on her scrubs to go into the room. Um, I called my mom and dad and told them like, I love you guys. I'm going in. I actually remember I texted you, Joanne, um, <laughs> on my you. way in. And it was definitely like the craziest. It just escalated so quickly. Um, and scariest certainly moment that one of the scariest moments I've ever had. Um, but, uh, we went into the room, had the C-section. I'll never forget when they walked by with him. He was just this tiny, tiny little thing. And I have a picture I'll show, but um, he literally fit in the palm of their hands and he just went by and they showed me him real quick. Cause I'm on the table and he just let out this like dinosaur squeal. It's, that's how we always describe it. But, um, he had this crazy, crazy blonde hair and Becca and I both looked at each other and just said, he looks just like my dad. <laughs> so they took him, um, and kind of whisked him away. They like wrapped the babies in saran wrap to kind of keep their heat in. Um, and they took him off to the NICU. Um, I had to go uh, to recovery to kind of recover after my C-section and I sent Becca to the NICU with the baby. But one of the things that I remember was like the worst feelings for me afterwards was when I was in recovery. It's just a pitch black room. I'm completely by myself. And the nurse that was tending to me, I just kept asking how the baby was and she didn't really tell me much. And then finally, I think after I've asked her maybe 10 times, she just said to me, he's really small. And, you know, he's in the NICU. And I said, well, how small? And I'm thinking, you know, five pounds, four pounds, because when I was born, I was 10 pounds. So I'm thinking to me, a small baby is like five pounds, four pounds. And that's when, um, finally she told me he was a pound and 12 ounces. So that part, I was just heartbroken. I was completely by myself in the room. It was just dark. Of course you can't move. You can't move. Um, so, you know, that was one of the the moments that really stuck with me. And sometimes I, you know, reflect on that, that it was really like one of the most vulnerable times in my life, not being able to move, not being able to be with the baby, being completely by myself and just being totally unprepared for this situation. So, um, but we were in uh, the NICU for 85 long days, um, going, you know, between, breathing assistance. So having high flow, low flow oxygen on, 
um, and a feeding tube, of course, um, just because he was so small and, and learning to, to eat was certainly something that took a while and was a big reason why we were in the NICU for so long. Um, I don't know if you hear him in the next room, he's doing something. Um, but so the NICU experience itself was just such a humbling experience for me. And I like to think that while it was such a negative um, thing in some ways, it was so scary and you really truly are helpless. Um, you know, you're in a room for, we would get there at like eight o'clock in the morning. So we would make sure that we were there for rounds with the doctors and we would leave at like 11 o'clock at night. Um, you can't sleep there. So you were leaving your baby here. You could stay to a certain extent, but you know, you're leaving your baby with strangers, not you become close with the, the nurses. And that's one thing I will always say, we're still to this day, very close to the NICU nurses that took care of us. Um, but it's just, just a really helpless feeling to, to be in this situation. And I think it definitely opened my eyes to, um, you know, being not only compassionate just in general, but just having a softness with people. Um, and just kind of, it just changed my view on everything, being thankful for truly thankful for what I have. And, um, you know, while again, the experience was negative, I just am thankful for the outcome and, you know, some of the things that it taught us and I think it really brought us together as a family. Um, and like I said, I'm thankful for the friendships that we developed out of it with the nursing staff and, and the doctors. So, um, <laughs> it was a, it was a pretty, pretty important, um, lesson in my life. And one thing I do want to talk a little bit about, and I hopefully I don't get upset about it, but I know that there are a couple people that were in the NICU with us and I'm still friends with them on Facebook that weren't lucky enough to bring their baby home. So that's something that I'm very um, thankful for. And I think about Watson. So, so yeah, that's, that's very inspirational. And I don't, yeah, I knew you before Ryan's birth and after, I mean, you really uh, uh, couldn't get any more compassionate in my eyes. So, but this is, you know, you're just a, a wonderful person. Um, and you're a wonderful mother. He's lucky to have you. And uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Jake. Uh, he's a little more work in, in a different way. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Keeping him alive. So I think to really give the viewers a real, you know, one, what one pound looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a couple pictures. These were, um, this was actually made for one of the really awesome nurses that we work with. Um, her name's Big Ange. And she was just like, she was our primary. So she was like with us most days. Um, during the day and she would always like do special little things to make us um, you know just like kind of distract us and stuff so this she made me this and I have to be honest most of the time I I hide this not hide it but I keep it out of view because sometimes it is hard to look at and I, I'm sure maybe for some people it's hard to look at but at the time it's funny I didn't see this I saw like the most amazing little baby and then now that I see it, you know, it sometimes can bother me a little bit, but so this is Ryan again, he was born, um, under two pounds. I don't know if you guys can see that, but that was one of his first pictures. Um, so, you know, he had his feeding tube and, um, they had taken his breathing stuff off just for the picture, but, um, also too, a couple things that they let us keep were 
some of his like blood pressure cuffs and um, his oxygen monitor. So this actually went around his foot. I don't know if you guys can see how small it is, but it was so small. And then this was, <laughs> that was this is his blood pressure cuff. Okay. Well, they, they, they really would go around your finger. That's how big they are. Yeah. Yeah, no. that's how big they are. And and I will say just from my vantage point and perspective, I remember the first time when, you know, as a proud, happy mom, you sent me the pictures of Ryan. And of course, you know, I had to tell you how beautiful he was and he was. But, yeah. you know, the re- it really struck some fear in my heart when, when yeah. you sent me that, that picture. And I think that yeah. when you say he's a preemie, um, and really the pictures don't do justice to just how tiny he was. Even when I went to the hospital, when it was finally when we were able to, to see him and hold him, I mean, yeah. he, he was, you know, literally what, like you said, he could fit in the palm of our hands. Yeah. And technically he's a micro preemie. There's different levels of micro preemies. So even like preemie uh, diapers that they have at the hospital, they were like so big on him. He like didn't fit them until probably close to leaving the hospital. He was still in like preemie clothes, preemie diapers. So yeah, he he was pretty, pretty small. Well, thank you for sharing our story. I mean, is there any chance we can share a little... Let's see if we can see him. Let's, yeah, let me, let's see the mirror. <laughs> let me see if he'll cooperate. <laughs> Ryan, come here. Can I see you for a sec? Okay. Dirty. <laughs> What's dirty? Can you say hi? Hi, Ryan. There's say my Ryan. Ryan. And, and that is and that is what a miracle looks like. I mean, that's the growth right there, the growth in perspective. <laughs> So thank you so much for joining us. Bye, Ryan. Thank you for having us. Can you say bye-bye? Bye-bye. Bye, honey. (laughs) Good job, buddy. Thank you for listening to this episode of the JTD Coaches Me podcast. You can find additional resources and information about Joanne at jtdcoachesme.com. Please make sure to subscribe to this podcast for updates and new episodes. You can also follow Joanne on social media under JTD Coaches Me. 